Welcome to Talking Giants, Patriots 35, Giants 14 on a Thursday night battle. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, coming to you from Florida with my co-host, Danny King, coming to you from New York. And we're two and two and four, two losses in a row on the Daniel Jones era, two and two, a game that we had a lot of hope in and there was life and then it was kind of taken away. We have a lot to unpack. But Danny, what are what are some of your just you know initial quick thoughts before we get rolling? Uh, this was exact. Th- I didn't. I, no, I can't say this is what I expected. This was a complete shock to me. I, I'm extremely proud of this defense. They showed no quit and they played until they couldn't no more. They just ran out of gas. It, this offense got nothing going, and this defense kept playing. But unfortunately, they just ran out of gas. But everyone on that defense came to play from David Mayo. Just DeAndre Baker played well. It was this defense showed a lot of heart, and it it shows that this defense has the potential. It's just can they continue to do this week after week? Because I see the guys out there. I know they can do it, but I it, just proud of the defense and just offense. We will get into all that, but it was an interesting game and not a game I would have expected. Yeah, uh, a really like heart wrenching game. You know, they where where the defense is stepping up. Janoris Jenkins gets that interception. Um, they you know they get that first touchdown off the block punt, and you know we we score. And, and, and I mean it was it was just kind of. And then the second half things happen. But I think when we knew it was over, and I, I think we should start with this and and talk about this issue with Pat Shermer is with seven minutes left and it's fourth and two, we're down by two scores and we, we punt the ball. And I'm a Pat Shermer supporter. It, it aggravates me when people call for him to be fired after every single loss. But you got to go for it there, man. Like, you can't expect to get the ball back with more than, you know, with more than three minutes down two scores and they end up scoring. I, I, don't, I just don't I, – I don't get that at all. I don't I, – I, you know, their defense was amazing all night. I get that guys just could not get open for anything. But I just – fourth and two with seven minutes left, I get you're on your own 30, and if you don't get the game's over. But if you punt it, the game's pretty much over. I, I know defenses can make a play. But I feel like a team that was in our situation, if we were playing – I don't know, if we were playing a team that was kind of on our level, then I'm like, okay, punt it. But I don't know. It, it, I, I just didn't like that play call one bit. Yeah, this was his worst play calling to date. I don't understand what he was doing. Yes, you don't have your playmakers out there, but you're running a screen when we're down by, what was it, a touchdown by that point? What are you doing, Pat? It was mind-boggling. We defended him last week, but this week was unacceptable. And I just don't know. I just don't get why you would throw a screen there. You You are playing against the New England Patriots on Thursday night. No one's picking you to win. Your defense played a hell of a game. What's the point of playing conservative? Go out there. Daniel Jones has three picks at that point. Just add another pick to it at that point. I don't care. I, don't be passive in those situations. Be aggressive. We had an opportunity to win that game multiple times, but they just couldn't get it done, or at least tie the game, I should say. So this was unacceptable play call by Pat Shermer, and this is the time where I will allow fans to critique him because it's deserved. Yeah, and the play you're mentioning, the – third and eight or ten or whatever it was, and we run a screen to Hillman. It's like Hillman has no breakaway ability. And then on top of that, he fumbles, and that's, you know, that's obviously not on Shermer. Hillman, you just can't fumble the ball there. That's the, that, that is the game right there. 
uh, we're missing Saquon. And we'll talk about it, but I mean, if we have our, our three weapons and Shep, Saquon, and Ingram, I, I really think we win this game. But I, I don't even want to get into all that. But but I will say that we're missing Saquon big time, man. I mean, it, like we kind of ran the ball successfully for what we expected. But with that, it was a, like Hillman averaged three and a half yards per carry. And we look like I, I look at that as a win in the run game, which is pretty like pathetic compared to, you know, Saquon averaging 5.2 yards per carry or 6.2. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head and Penny getting three for six. Like, why not, why not put the scat back? Um, the guy we just signed Austin Walton in there for that play. I, I, I don't know. I just like, especially with what Daniel Jones has showed on third down, maybe not in this game, but in like the, the three previous games, the way he's able to like stand in the pocket and deliver the ball downfield on third down. I, I just don't get that play call third and 10 screen. And I think we did it one other time in the game. That kind of stuff loses games. And I'm not saying we, we win that game if we convert there. But that definitely – that took us out of there because Hellman fumbles, which is – I we need to have a, uh, a Tom Coughlin, like, mindset on fumbles. Like, if you fumble, you're just done. You're no – like, you're, if, if you're a star player, you're out of series. And if you're not a star player, you're, do, you're done for weeks or if not cut. Because fumbles are becoming an issue. I mean, Hellman's fumbled twice. Gallman fumbled. Um like I, I just fumbles are becoming an issue for this team. At least it feels like that. And I think we need to have a Tom Coughlin stance on fumbles because like, there has to be some kind of repercussions for that crap. No, oh, yeah, uh, John Hillman played his last meaningful snaps. I said in my Giants factor, it's going to be John Hillman or uh, Eli Penny. Why? Why was Jonathan Hellman above Eli Penny? Eli Penny is a better running back, and I get it. You want to try and give the undrafted rookie a chance, but. Eli Penny is definitely a better running back than Jonathan Hillman. And I don't know why. It's, it's Patrick Hillman, Rivers. Hillman adds nothing. He literally, he if there's a hole there, he hits it. If not, it's useless. On, on that on that first drive of the game, on second and two, and he just, there was a hole there, and he just runs into a defender. Hillman adds nothing. And, and you know, we kind of get a reputation for being always positive. But so, like, I, I remember all the way back when we did our undrafted free agent episodes on offense and defense. Hillman was the only person that I had nothing positive to say about. He wasn't good in college. I just, I didn't understand why he was on the team. And like that frustrated me even more when Rob Martin was cut uh, way back. And I can't believe I'm making a Rob Martin reference in, in week six, but Hillman just adds nothing. He has no explosiveness and he's a horrible interview as you heard on talking giants in the early days. Yeah, it play Elijah Penny. It, it's so frustrated, and he wants to be back, sir. Yeah, no, no, yeah. But here's another issue: when Saquon went down, he went far away from the run game. When Wayne Gallman went down, he went far away from the run game. But he put he was focused with working with John Fidelman. He was gonna make that work. He was gonna die on that hill, and he died on that hill tonight. Run with Elijah Penny. He gives you a better opportunity to get some running. It, I'm infuriated. Oh, God. I did. I said I wasn't going to get mad on this game because this was the expected outcome. But just talking about it is honestly aggravating me because it was horrific play call for Pat Shimmer. He's going to give, like, dumb answers to the media, like one-word answers. Like, on that snap count issue, he wasn't I heard you much. got kind of uh, snappy, which I don't like. Wait, today? In today? I was wondering. Yeah, I haven't, they haven't published it yet, but... I heard he, someone said he got snappy when someone asked him about a moral victory. But I also, I also like, I'm a big believer, and we haven't talked about this, 
and maybe you're different than me, Danny, but there's nothing, unless a coach is bashing players, there's nothing a coach that can say goodbye to me. And I don't care if he's snarky with the media. In fact, I'm, I would be smart, snarky with the media the way they freaking bash the Daniel Jones paper without knowing anything. So, like, can we, like, I ask you as talking Giants listeners and friends, please stop caring about what he says unless he says something just wild. And I don't care about it, like, and especially if he's snarky with Kim Jones. Like, I, I just, I don't know. For me, I just don't put any weight into that at all. Let's talk about his play calling because there's is, there, there, it was an issue today um, and, and key moments. And I'm not talking about like pass routes because that aggravates me too. Was like, like you you can't see the routes develop on TV. So how do you know like the play calling? Um, but basically, what I'm saying is like I, I just don't care about what he says with the media. We went from Tom Coughlin, who while he wasn't like it's hard to describe, but he would answer the media. He would he would not shy away. Ben McAdoo, you would hard him. He likes like one word answers. Like, are you fine with how your team plays? He's like, yeah. And then Shermer, I, I it depends. Like if it's like a question where he should be like, I'm not saying he should divulge his whole game plan, but like if it's a question that's like legitimate, I want him to answer it because he has a lot to answer for. And tonight, especially with this horrific play call, so he he's a snarky guy, and I haven't seen it, so I don't know what the questions were. But yeah, and, and he it might just be someone yeah. like trying to start something too. So we I haven't seen it, so I'm not even saying that he did it for sure. Yeah, but it's I. Well, hang on. I just saw this right here. Uh, down two touchdowns. Uh, obviously, he uh, what he didn't go for on that fourth and two. If you remember that, he says he felt it was the right thing to do. I, I get it. We were on like our twenty or thirty, whatever. But we're down like two touchdowns. Just go for it. I, I'm, I'm getting myself worked up over this. But it was a pass play calling was an issue tonight. His dedication to Jonathan Hellman was an issue tonight, and it's not saying we. We're not going to talk about if we had Saquon on them. It would be a different game. But I, if he had those guys, would he have played this game differently? Would he have been more aggressive? We don't know. But, yeah, I mean, we get Arizona next week. We should get most of these guys back, or at least not Shepard. He'll be out for some time, I feel like. But it's aggravating just how poorly this game was called by Pat Shermer, and he deserves all the criticism. He's not going to get fired. Let's make that perfectly clear. He's, he's yeah, we're not calling for firing. Yeah, we're not it, calling for his firing. It wasn't. It, there were some decisions there that I definitely disagreed with. Yeah, and it, it's just he's just got to ha- deal with the media, but he's definitely a snarky guy, so I'll imagine him just freaking out on someone soon. I'm going to make a vow right now and hold me to it. I'm not going to tweet about what he says to the media, unless it's crazy. But I just gave myself an out. Just hold me to that. Like, if I tweet something out about people, because I know people are oh, going to say stuff about it. Do, just, do you want to hear this? Do you have the, the audio? I don't have any audio, but... Dan Schneider, he he put out this. You want to hear his opinion on Pat Schirmer really quickly, or I'll save it. Sure, go for it. But I, yeah, go for it. I guess he said, "I've never seen the Giants' head coach or any head coach more consistently annoyed with the media than Pat Schirmer. Every presser, he answers every question defensively. Always feels attacked. Read this was a concern in Cleveland. Not sure how much it impacts win loss record, but it's odd to see. Obviously, we haven't seen him yet, but I do feel like sometimes he is a very defensive guy. He always feels." like he's getting attacked even if it's just like an honest question you know what though that second to last sentence is my thoughts read the second to last sentence second to last uh every pressure every the second to last quote of it uh read read this was a concern in cleveland next one not sure how much it impacts the win-loss record but it's odd to say yep that's my my reaction not how this impacts win-loss record um any defenses guys in the media so that's all i asked for 
anyways, let's 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 move off of that because that's like I said, it doesn't affect win loss record. Um, and I could I really could care less about New York media. I really think like there's like this stereotype about New York media, and now we have all these nerds in there. No offense to some of our friends in there, but it's like I'm the New York media. I'm tough. I ask the tough questions. It's like no, you're really not tough, dude. You just talk. anyways. I don't even want to divulge that. Let's let's talk about Daniel Jones. Let's move let's move on from one negative to another. Play Eli. <laughs> Shut up, Danny. <laughs> huh. At least you got a laugh out of me in this episode. Uh-huh. All right, let me regather. <laughs> that was that was good. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, do you All want right. to hear something? Do you want, do you want to hear something more funny? So you know how Alex Tanney was released. Dan Douglas said he saw him walk by him as the team was leaving. Yeah, he's going to be back on Monday. <laughs> small, the small victories in life. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Daniel Jones, fifteen of thirty-one today, or t- last night, one touchdown, three interceptions. Not a good game by Jones. Um, I remember one throw where a guy wasn't covered. That was to Red Elson on the sideline. Every single other like, – credit to the Patriots' defense. And credit – I don't want to do this, but credit to the refs. They let them be – they let the Patriots' defense play so physical. It's unbelievable. There was a few pass interferences that should have been called. The, the most egregious one was that last one at the end of the game on Golden Tate. Um, like, the rule is pointless. The pass interference rule is so – I don't even – I'm not even sure they would have overturned the, the Saints-Rams game. I, I, I really am not convinced of that. I just I don't understand the point of this rule. Get rid of it. And I wasn't a fan of the rule. I don't like the rule. But get rid of the rule because coaches are just wasting their challenges on this crap. I I love when Mike uh, Pereira and Team Blandino just vigorously defend the refs. They're the worst out of like Macaulay on NBC and uh, Sterator on CBS. They're like literally just producing propaganda for the refs. I stop listening to them because they're horrendous. Yeah. The refs, they let them play very aggressive. There were some pass interference calls that they missed. I did not have major issues with this crew tonight. I feel like this is the better crew we've had. I feel like the worst one we had was probably Walt Anderson. Or there's that was that the Redskins guy? He was a pretty bad ref. So they let them play aggressive. But, yeah, the Patriots, if they're going to win the Super Bowl, it's not going to be on the back of Tom Brady. It's 100% this defense. This is the best defense they've had in years, I feel it's- like. It's unbelievable, man. Like I said, one pass where a guy wasn't contested. And, and I saw NFL Next Gen put out a stat. On 15 of the 31 of thirty-one of Daniel Jones' throws, there was less than one yard of separation. And I, I feel like it was more than that. I mean, in every single one, and, and the one touchdown, there was no separation either. It literally had to be a perfect throw from Daniel Jones. It was, and that's what it was, plus a broken tackle by Golden Tate. And I, I love the disrespectful move by Golden Tate. To, to walk backwards into the end zone, that he might just be Bobby's band for just for that alone, mm-hmm. not even a touchdown, just walking backwards into the end zone. Um, yeah, like he had to be perfect today, and he er, er, uh, in this game, and he was not. Uh, through the interceptions, the the one to take that got tipped in the on the beginning of the game, uh, that was a little bit behind him, so that one's on Golden t- or on Daniel Jones. The second, the throwaway one. He needs to just throw it away a little quicker. Throw it away. And that's, that is, I will say, a flaw of Daniel Jones. Is, I, and, I, and it's, it's so like, like it's such a love-hate relationship with it because when it works, it's awesome. But he just can't, he doesn't ever give up on a play. And we saw that at Duke, like even when he was like getting sacked in the pocket. Like he just refuses to ever give up on a play. And I don't know if it was, it just came out of his hand wrong. Or, you know, his, he, his hand was hit at 
as he was thrown, but it didn't look that bad. That ball gets wobbled out, and it becomes an interception when it should have just been an incomplete pass. Like, he was throwing it away. It wasn't like he just missed his guy. Um, and then the the third one, which was the worst to, to Tate, or sorry, to Red Ellison. Uh, Aikman was saying that it was a disguised coverage. I don't think it looked like a disguised coverage. It just looked like he kind of threw it a little bit too outside of Ellison and, and expected Ellison to get there and box him out. But, I mean, I, I just – I feel like that was like an Evan Ingram. Like, I feel like that's a play where Evan Ingram's in there. He gets there, obviously, a lot faster and boxes out on that play. Or Ellison is just not going to get there fast enough. So, I, I don't know if that was the disguised coverage. But, to me, it just looked like he, he threw it uh, a little bit inaccurate, uh, more to the outside of Ellison. Um, and then on the other throws, like, you know, 15 to 31, obviously not good. It was just there was no separation all night. There, Like I said, there was one play where a guy had separation. That was Red Ellison where he was open on the sideline. Um, it's 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 hard for anybody. I mean, that's why the Patriots, you know, they hadn't given up a passing touchdown until this game. Uh, well, you know, the Daniel Jones, the Golden Tate, like their pass defense is just unbelievable. Uh, it, Jones, I'm with you. He should have thrown that one and it passed away. But this was it's it will all come in due time. But I, I, I do see the. Yeah, mate. it's not. It's so, sorry to interrupt you but it's not like oh daniel jones like i'm worried like i'm just i'm just not at this point daniel jones he, you know from all the studying we did in college from preseason to these first four games like there's not like long-term worry for daniel jones um and you know you don't have your weapons there's just no separation there's no playmakers out i mean golden tate made plays uh you know on that touchdown but like there was really nothing else he had to be have a perfect game in this game and he just didn't no yeah it's that one interception, I I forgot which one. It might have been the last one. I don't, I've lost track. But the one where it, it, I think I don't remember. I don't want to. But is it, yeah, it's just many. He should have thrown that football away on that one interception. He didn't, but he took too long. That was the issue. Then that one play was just tipped by Gilmore. Fine. That one play. Oh, his arm got hit. That was the one. But even with yeah, his that arm was getting the, hit, that was on the throw. What was supposed to be a throw. Yeah. Play. Yeah, but I'm not sure if that was – yeah, I, sh- I think it should have been a throwaway, but if there wasn't, I'm not sure who he was thrown to because there's literally no one in around that football. So easily the worst game of his, his NFL career so far, but it was against the number one defense and without Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Sarah Shepard. But this Patriots defense, man, they're legit. And as much as I hate to say it, the Patriots are obviously going to win the AFC East. Like, they got no competition there. And, uh, I mean, I'm not saying they can go on win the conference championship, but it's probably going to be the Patriots again in the Super Bowl. I, I, their defense is just too good. Kyle Van Noy, uh, Stephon Gilmore, the McCourtney twins, uh, 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 forgot the, the high tower. They're just yeah. so good. And we knew it going into this game how good their secondary was. And our, and credit to our offensive line, I thought they did a pretty good job. A lot of that was the product of six- and seven-man projections with Red Ellison and Jonathan Hillman. So, it was, you know, it wasn't like five-on-five five all game. But I I felt like the offensive line did pretty well. Um, I didn't like zero in except for a few times on Nate Solder. And my critique on him is he opens up his hips. And it looked like he was taking a vertical slide. So that's good. You know, that's a good sign uh, going in the right direction for him. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, just nobody could get open. Like every every single pass was contested. Uh, you know, Slayton had three catches for 32 yards. Every single one was just like in tight, tight coverage. Um, you know, Tate had the six for 102 and the touchdown, but like, and, and Latimer's done like, 
Cody Core was playing over Latimer towards the end of the game. Uh, Latimer just doesn't get separation. And against this kind of defense, you're like, he's useless because like you can't throw jump balls to Cody Latimer against this defense. So like Cody Latimer has been pretty damn useless since you know this season. Like he had a good game against Dallas, and since then, like he just doesn't he just doesn't get separation whatsoever. I mean, nobody did tonight, but like Latimer is consistent like that. I'm not sure how many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Do you know that one play where Daniel Jones, like, he overthrew Darius Slayton? Darius Slayton, and he turned on, like, a different level of, like, the Jets. Like, he was, uh, the corner yeah, was really yeah, even. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Darius Slayton, like, took off. I'm not I, not sure if it was Daniel Jones that overthrown it or was it the wind. I don't know. But if he caught that, that was easily a touchdown. But, yeah, Cody Lammer, he gets enough separation. Yeah, he's done. Uh, at this point, maybe. Yeah, that's what got to remember, too, is the wind was insane in this game. Yeah. Maybe a trade asset. It wasn't there, but that's what we were told. Yeah. Maybe a trade asset Cody Lamer could be, but he's done. They gave him a chance, but he just hasn't been able to get it done. And uh, Darius Slayton, obviously, he's a very quality receiver, so he's going to take more playing time away from that. And I would rather have Cody Core out there than Cody Lamer because I think Cody Core is a better player than uh, Latimer. Yeah, um... The punt, the block punt. Come, I, I hate you, Nate Stupar. I hate you. I don't know. Tay Davis was technically a healthy scratch. I think they were just playing a safe concussion. Like I, like if if that's just they have Stupar and Tuefa over Tay Davis, then my mind would be completely blown. But I, I refuse to believe that. I really think they were just playing it safe with him on a Thursday night. Um. The yeah, but the the block punt, like that's so freaking frustrating. Um, like, I, you just get blown up by a running back. That's Nate Stupar sucks. I can't stand Nate Stupar. And I'm, you know, there's very few guys I'm like been constantly negative about. Nate Stupar is one of them. I'm so freaking over Nate Stupar. Please get him off my team. He's not even young. He's old. Get him off my team, please. I can't believe I defended this guy in the preseason. It, he got blown up by a freaking running back. You're an NFL linebacker. You look like a freaking PAL football player. If Nate Stupar, if there is not injury at this linebacker position, his ass would be so far off this team. It's not even funny. It's it's so painful. He's so bad. He can't tackle. He can't block. Well, what, what can he do? I, he's useless. Once he's gone from the Giants, I don't know another team that's given him an opportunity. He'll get an opportunity next preseason, but he's just going to get cut. He's so bad. Yeah, I, I, Riley Dixon, I can just imagine how infuriated he was because the, the the worst part about it all, it wasn't even Bolton that blocked it. It was Nate Stupar that blocked it. It was just his head was right there. It's, uh, Nate Stupar, you're you're just bad. There's nothing nice to say about him. I can't name you one. David Mayo, we'll get down to that in a minute, but I, I – said David Mayo's an A Stupar 2.0. I want to apologize to David Mayo. That was an insult to the maximum to David Mayo. Yeah, you want to take a quick break? You got any last thoughts on the offense and then we'll we'll talk about the defense? No, let's just get talking about the defense, which was very enjoyable to watch. Yeah, let's take a quick break and we'll we'll jump to the defense. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. 
All right, on the defensive side, a really good effort by this defense. Uh, allowed them to 21 points because of you know the block punt and then the fumble by John Hillman. I, I thought this was the best defensive effort of this season, including, the, like, obviously the Redskins was, but this was the most impressive because the Redskins suck and they're a bunch of losers, and I hate them, and Dwayne Haskins sucks. And they were, just a, a side note because I have Redskins fans trolling me, the Redskins were legitimately afraid to play Dwayne Haskins versus the Redskins because they thought it would ruin him. That's how much little faith to have him. Anyways, this is not about that. Defense played great, uh, except for Grant Haley, which we'll, we'll talk about. But I think part of it, though, was New England's game plan. I didn't like New England's game plan on offense. They, just, they were just trying to pound the rock. And then they were trying to go deep. But they don't really have the guys to go deep. Like, they don't have a Thielen and Diggs. They don't have a Mike Edwins uh, or Mike Mike Ed. Mike Evans. I was trying to mix Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Mike Edwin. Uh, like, they don't have those kind of guys, and those were the guys that were beating us deep. And Brady just – and we talked about in pregame, Brady doesn't have that same, like, arm strength. He's still a really good player, but he doesn't have that, like, same, like, down, like, deep deep ball that he used to have. I just thought – I actually thought it was a pretty bad game plan on offense for the Patriots. And, you know, they were they were stacking – they were bringing in two tight ends, and they played their fullback, like, 60% of the time. And just trying to pound the rock. And yeah, they got some good carries more towards the end of the game when it was over. But credit to Alec Ogletree and David Mayo, man. They played great. Both had 12 tackles apiece. Ogletree had the sack and two tackles for a loss. Mayo had half a sack. David Mayo definitely fits in way better as the number two middle linebacker than he does as the number one guy. This defense played fantastically. I mean, yeah, they ran out of semen at the end of the game, but, I mean, how can you not? You were out there so many times. The Patriots at one point had an eight-minute drive going. They won the time of possession battle pretty handily. So, I mean, props to this defense for fighting as hard as they did. I did not expect that out of them. Alec Ogletree played great tonight. And I know people are going to be like, but the Patriots aren't the best offense. Where Do we know who our defense is? They have struggled many times this year and they played a fantastic game the run stuff for Dexter Lawrence Dalvin Tomlinson I can name basically everyone played well except Grant Haley and Antoine I'm not gonna say Antoine because I didn't really wasn't paying attention to him but I mean but that's the thing with Bethea man he hasn't done anything he hasn't made an impact there was a couple plays in the run game where he just sat on his heels and took bad angles and this is a bad take on me, like, from the from preseason and, and training camp. I was huge on Bethea, and I couldn't stand Michael Thomas. But Michael Thomas is going out there and making plays. And I get that he's in a different position than Bethea. But Bethea's just not doing anything. He's, he's adding no value to this team. And they have him playing center field. But he's not even, like, and it wasn't bad in this game. But in the previous games, he's not even good at it. Because he doesn't, gain, he doesn't like, make up ground. He's not decisive. Which is stuff, like, I could get if he's slow. Because he is slow. But it's just like he doesn't have the instincts and decisiveness that he's made a living off of his whole career. It's, it's kind of like it's baffling to see how like just uninstinctual Antoine Buffet has been all season. But let me say this. Uh, this was the first game I noticed DeAndre Baker's improvements. Fantastic game all around by DeAndre Baker. He, he's coming into himself. He had to get caught up to that NFL speed, and I think he's done that. It. I'm with you also on that David Mayo thing. He's a better second uh, uh, second linebacker, not the first. I do wonder, though, what maybe could we possibly see David Mayo overtake Tay Davis 
as the second linebacker next to Ogletree. I mean, uh, Davis. Well, I can definitely see that. Yeah, because Davis, he he's not, Davis is obviously the more faster guy, but Mayo has made some key tackles. He's a quality guy you can have out there. And at this point, I think I would rather have David Mayo out there than Tay Davis, just because Tay Davis hasn't done anything to blow me away. Now, it's he, obviously, if Ryan Connolly was here, it'd be Ryan Connolly, but unfortunately, he's out with the ACL. Yeah, he's he's definitely more comfortable when he's not in charge, and then he could kind of follow the lead of Ogletree. Um, like we saw, like they're like, and they were trying to run the ball, but their play action didn't. Like, in the last week against Minnesota, I mean, whenever they ran play action, we would just get so sucked in. And it seemed like Ogletree wasn't letting that happen. And Ogletree didn't have, like, a perfect game. I think he did have, like, a missed tackle or two. But as much as, like, we were kind of hard on Ogletree, and it wasn't like, oh, he's worse than Nate Stupar but because there was, like, serious struggles. But the one thing about Ogletree is he's going to make tackles. Um, and he's not, like, not going to let, you know, six-yard plays turn into 17-yard plays. So like that was nice to see, and you know the the sack was all it was just a bonus on top of it. You mentioned DeAndre Baker. DeAndre Baker is playing amazing because they're they're playing him up tight, not not even like press coverage, just playing him up tight. He's comfortable. He's playing with confidence. DeAndre Baker is looking like the guy that we all watch at Georgia. Uh, he's looking like the guy that we traded up for the the draft in the first round. He has definitely been uh, an improvement. And you know, we even as bad as the defense has been, we've talked about how the guys that we want to see improving have been doing it with Dexter Lawrence I didn't see any like big moments out of Dexter Lawrence you know a lot of times that stuff is you have to go back and watch but definitely I was uh DeAndre Baker I, I felt great about Peppers was uh, out there making plays um you know their tight ends never really got anything going you know the only times when they had like seven seconds to throw the ball uh yeah so like the the young guys looked really good I mean the whole defense looked really good yeah, the defense as a whole, that, that's the one takeaway from this game. They came to play, and they played until they just couldn't no more. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm just really – I'm just I feel like a proud They're father like of this defense. No like, just seeing how well they played. And did I doubt them 100%? Did I doubt the team 100%? I had no faith in us to win. But the fact they – people were calling this to be like a 42-6 game. They kept the Patriots to like, what, 14? Uh, 21 points in like the first yeah, 21 half points. but it should have been 14 because they're that one touchdown we had to take one touchdown off the board from the defense because it was the block punt but well, that, yeah, so. the, they scored 35 but one was the block punt yeah. and one was the fumble return for a touchdown yeah so this just defense played well and it was james betcher he we said james betcher just needs to throw it all at the wall tonight and he did just that also lorenzo carter have yourself a game young man what a what a game for him yeah, Lorenzo Carter played great. And we didn't blitz a lot, but we did blitz some. I'm very interested to go and look at what the blitz rate was. But the thing I noticed on third and fourth down, and we were great on fourth down, we didn't have guys playing two yards behind the first down marker. There was one time where Janoris Jenkins was, and, and we ended up stopping them. But for the most part, like we didn't. Uh, like you said, Lorenzo Carter was making plays. Marcus Golden with a touchdown. That was awesome. Uh, he was he was he didn't get a sack, I don't think, but he he was actually I think Golden did have a sack. Yes, Golden did have a sack at yeah. the beginning of the game. Golden played really well. Um Jenkins obviously had the pick. He had some bad moments. Like on that fourth down, that that holding on Edelman, like what like I just don't get that. Like what are you doing, man? Why do you like I don't understand how you could think you can get away with that? He tackled him and he was holding on to him for like 10 yards. I just like of course they're gonna call that. Why even do that? Like, I just don't get the point of doing that. Like it just it doesn't make any sense. Hope that he misses him or something. 
But that is just like, here, here's a first down. And that was at a huge moment in the game as well. No, yeah. I get why Janoris Shank can tell it, but I believe if I'm correct, he got lucky because that led to that was the the doink by uh, Mike Nugent. So uh, luckily he got away with that. But still, other than that, a, a in my opinion, a very good game by uh, Janoris Shank. And so it was so many things on the defense. They just played a great game of football, and that's all I could ask for them to do. And hopefully they could build upon this next week going against Kyler Murray in Arizona. Yeah, and I wrote down the stats with two minutes left. So, but like Sony Michelle, he he was twenty eight for fifty eight yards. He wasn't even averaging. Three. He had he had one at the end, so that's not his total stats. But in the stats, the time that mattered, he was twenty carries for fifty eight yards. Julian Edelman had a really good game, nine for one thirteen. So little inflated by that last catch. Um, he, but he he did make some plays. Grant Haley continues to be the weak link on this defense, though, and. He just has zero ball skills, and he's not like he's not super talented. He plays like his technique is good, but he's he just doesn't ever make a play on the ball. So even if he has tight coverage, guys can make a catch because he just never turns his head, never like puts his hands up. He just he never makes a play on the ball. The guy is never going to get an interception unless it's tipped to him. Like he's he's not going to have a single career interception unless it's tipped to him because he just has zero skills on attacking the ball. Yeah, I, I believe that Grant Halen obviously is in a down part right now, but it it is quite bad. He got beat by uh, that Redskins wide receiver twice, but Case Keenum overthrew him twice. Fike, his game struggles, so he needs to find out what the issue is because if we could fix him, then it's all very good. But we do have to remember in, what, two weeks, there's a possibility of Sam Beal returning. And honestly, Julian Love. Julian Love is there. Out. They Julian both, Love they, played some snaps today. I thought they both played snaps. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, he's playing nickel, and then I was like, oh, never mind. It's like a six DB package. But still, I'm not. I'm not sure how they would adjust that. But I feel like Sam Beal. I feel like he has to be coming back. There's no way he's not. But I mean, it's Sam Beal. So if he comes back, then I mean, Grant Haley's in a strange position because he hasn't been playing well in the Giants. They're gonna want to see what Sam Beal brings. I mean, honestly, Sam Beal is not a slot corner, so I'm not sure how they would handle that. But you got to get Sam Beal playing time because you got to see if the guy's legit. You spent a third round pick on last year in the supplemental draft, so you got to see what he brings. So yeah, but uh, I say our weakest points right now in defense are Antoine Buffet and Grant Haley. Yeah, and I think Larry Fitzgerald plays slot for the Cardinals, so that'll be freaking just fan freaking fantastic. Um, yeah, Golden Carter may play as O'Shane Simenez. I, I didn't see much out of him. Uh, Ogletree and Mayo, but like they both made really good plays. Twelve tackles apiece, and part of that is because they ran the ball so freaking much. And a part of this is I don't want to get too high on the defense. So I, th- I really think part of this is I think the Patriots' game plan sucked on offense. I really do. Maybe that was because of the wind, but like I just didn't get why they were packing in it tight and just trying to pound the rock. I don't get what it is. You know, part of it was it was windy. And and Tom Brady doesn't have the same zip on the ball that he used to, but I just didn't like it. And when Tom Brady and then Tom, they were trying to get Tom Brady like going deep, and when when they when he would do the quick passes, they were getting first downs. When they're trying to go deep and make like huge plays, is when they were getting screwed. So, uh, but but overall, really good game by the defense. I mean, you know what? This game, everyone's saying we're going to get blown out, and I got I understood that. But you know, the dumb fan in me always is like, we have a chance. Um, and we were right in there. I mean, it was tied. It was tied, you know, with a few minutes left in the half. 
this game could we could we could have won this game. It's I don't want to play the shoulda coulda woulda with you know our our three our three headed monster that was out. Uh, you know because I, I would think Sterling gets more separation. Ingram obviously gets some sep. Um, and there's Saquon being in the run game, like like you know, like we said, like Hillman just adds nothing to the team. Um, and I'm not saying going out and get a veteran running back because I'm a believer of, of giving like undrafted guys shots, but Hillman adds nothing. And then like with that fumble, I think it would be a good example of Pat Schremer to say, you know what, you fumble the ball, you're done. You're not good enough to fumble the ball. I, I really think we should take like some kind of Tom Coughlin approach to that, man. So this, you know. I know everyone said, oh, you know, we don't have expectations, but you get into the heat of the game and it sucks. It always sucks to lose. Never fun to lose. I, I don't believe in moral victories. If there ever was a moral victory, it was the 38-35 Patriots game in 2007. But I, I don't, even if you're a believer in moral victories, I don't really look at this game as a as a moral victory game. I think it was just a moral victory for the defense because everyone was trashing them and they went out there and played, just played a great game of football. But to the game plan for the Patriots, I honestly believe maybe they just completely did not believe in the Giants defense and then they actually started playing good defense. Like, oh, all right, actually, they 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 came to play. So, yeah, I mean, well, I, I personally sometimes do believe in moral victory because this is a defense that's been struggling. They haven't played fantastic teams and while the Patriots offense isn't anything special they should be proud the way they they really did a good job shutting them down for most of the game but yeah uh obviously I was I'm not I knew this was the result but obviously in the middle of the game I'm excited I love watching Giants football and I I really believed our team had a chance to go out there and win when I really saw how the defense was playing but it is the offense could have get it going questionable play calling it's but at this point, we can't dwell on the past. We'll do our film review for, I don't know when we'll do our film review, but obviously we'll look at the tape and see exactly what the offense could have done differently. But you're playing the number one defense in the league. There's nothing more they could have done than what they did. So it's just on to Arizona and Kyler Murray. But uh, a game I feel like was in the grasp. It just got away from us at the end. But it, 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 to say this was a very enjoyable Thursday night game is very true. It, very fun Thursday night game, and more than I expected out of this. Yeah, Thursday night football gets crazy, so it's hard to read into a lot of it too. It's like they get these guys had pretty much two day. Like, the players had like two days of preparation, no real practice. The Giants had like a day because they had to fly to New England on Wednesday. Yeah, so Thursday night football is weird, and the home team always has the advantage. Um, Still hate it tonight with the referees as well. I, I hate us playing on Thursday night. I'll give you that. I just, but I do like Thursday night football in general. I just hate – I do hate us. Like, I got to get – by the time I get all this edited, I'm going to have, like, three hours of sleep. My boss is going to be like, why are you late? I was like, because I'm, I'm chasing my dreams, boss, man. Anyways. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I, after this, I'm not going to really care about Thursday night football unless it's, like, a must-see matchup. This is, after a giant plan on Thursday night, my, like, attention span for Thursday night just uh, steadily declines. Do you, are you going to get up at uh, for the nine o'clock in the morning London game, Bucks versus Panthers on Sunday? Hell no, I'm not waking up at Danny, it's a Bucks Panthers. Saying, I'm not saying you get up and like sit in front of your TV and have a beer, but it's <laughs> the perfect game to turn on and lay in your bed and watch. I fantasy lineups, and it'll be it, it will be relax. It will be because I I'm a big I'm a football fan. Like I love the Giants, but if the Giants were wiped off the face of the earth, I'd watch the NFL yeah. just as much. Yeah, that, that that's so the it'll same. be it'll be nice with no stress from a Giants game on Sunday just to watch football. Oh, yeah, that's the same with me. But I haven't been able I, to I, do it all year. I haven't I haven't like Sunday night football. We're doing our thing. It's hard. 
Like it'll, it'll be nice someday to just watch some football. That's why I, I always like I, I love football as much as the other guy, but 9:30 a.m. for like a game that I feel like like if it was something, I mean, a Bucks Panthers, that's a fun rivalry, but I just don't care enough to Danny, win. Danny, crazy things happens at nine o'clock in the morning. Just I'm not uh, saying to get engaged in with it. Just lay on the couch, have yeah, keep your blanket with you and everything. Don't even like get dressed. Don't even brush your teeth. Just uh, just grab your blanket and watch the damn game, Danny. I'm watching the tank ball on Sunday. I'm getting myself hyped for that. 0-5 versus 0-5, Redskins, Dolphins. That is some NFL football to me. I'm actually very interested in that game. I got the Dolphins. I think I think Rosen has a good game. <laughs> it's probably going to end in a tie. <laughs> that would be perfect. I was at the Redskins, Bucks, or or the Bucks Raiders game a few years ago, and I was with a bunch of diehard Raiders fans and then obviously a few Bucks fans. And with two minutes left in overtime, it was looking like it was going to be a tie. And I was just rooting for a tie. I was like, I want to see everyone in the stadium just be confused on how their emotions should be. Like, this would be so so amazing. There'd be no trash talking. Everyone would just be emotionally confused on how to feel. Yeah, that's the one problem with the Giants playing at 1 o'clock. You don't get some joy football. How do do you think we'll attack an episode if we tie? I I don't know (laughs) I really would have no idea how to feel. I would just it, treat it as a loss. Honestly. It's just gonna be forty-five minutes of just like, uh, just like silence because <laughs> we won't know what to say. It's like, well, we didn't lose, but like, I, I would look at it as a loss. If it's not a win, it's a it's a loss. So that's that's the official statement on ties from talking Giants. <laughs> well, that's my was my favorite thing in the playoff, like Hunt, where it's like you need all these teams to lose. And my favorite thing is you know a team's not making the playoffs. The moment it says they need this team to tie, you're like, ah, oh, well, there goes their playoff hopes. Well, sometimes it helps them out. I think the Eagles back in the Don McNabb days that actually like helped them get in the playoffs. I remember a double overtime playoff game: uh, Rams Panthers, Mark Bolger versus Jake DeLome. That was maybe back in like oh four oh five. I don't think we've had a double overtime game since. Maybe because they changed it to ten minute overtimes, which is like you're just trying to tie. Like that's what ten minute overtimes do. Just give us the college overtime rules. Those are fantastic. I no, do not bring college overtime to the NFL. They're fun. But I just, I just, I just feel like they're cheap. Um, all right, do we got any final thoughts? Uh, rough game. I, you know, I, I get the whole like we weren't supposed to compete with this team, but I'm, I'm always gonna have, oh, I'm over, I'm always gonna be overly confident. Uh, it is what it is. Um, Arizona should be a win. Arizona's a game we we're gonna walk into and expect to get a victory in that one. They better now because I'm going to that game. That's a home game, okay. I was going to ask. Um, yeah, Kyler versus Daniel Jones. See who the better QB is. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to get trolled a lot over the next couple of days. I'm going to do my best and hold me to it, listeners. When you see me getting heated, just say, "Bobby, you said you weren't going to get bothered by this." I'm I'm not even joking. Like seriously, tweet that at me, and it will help me because then I can respond and be like, "You know what? You're right. I'm not going to respond to the negative energy." Oh yeah, uh, I mean obviously that's just Twitter. They're full of trolls, and I mean all that. All the Redskins guys will be coming after us. But I mean, I, I luckily I haven't reached that. I'm I'm not on your level of Twitter where everyone's coming after me. I'm just the calm guy on Twitter. That yeah, you're just calm, and that's why we work together well. It's like yeah. I'm the psycho, and you're like the voice of reason. Yeah, I'm the voice of reason. You're just the guy out there going psycho. So, I mean, yeah, that's why you guys like this show. You got Bobby, who's overly crazy. Then you got me, who's like the, the down-to-earth guy that's just here to just be there. Yeah. All right. So, that's the show. Uh, 
If I would appreciate if you'd leave a rating review, I guarantee you there's not a single Giants podcast who's standing up after the game to get you a podcast. Yeah, it's 1235 right now. Yeah. Like maybe we suck, but at least we're dedicated. So um, I got still got to edit all this. Got to get to work. Got to still take a shower. Um, so, yeah, leave a, ra- a rating review. I need to do the Danny Dimes t-shirt raffle. My bad on that. But I know some people haven't DM me yet with their screenshots. So make sure to do that. Um, oh, and shout out to Chris Peterson. He he was doing his own podcast. They're not doing anymore. Uh, his dad's going through some health issues. Um, he's, he's at to he's toe for Pete on on Twitter. So show him some love. He's going through a hard time. Um, and we'll see you guys on Monday, Tuesday. We'll let you know. Until then, let's go big blue.